This podcast is brought to you by ClearBridge Investments. Meet an evolving economy confidently with ClearBridge Active Equities, the foundation of a resilient portfolio. ClearBridge, a Franklin Templeton company. Go to clearbridge.com to learn more. Hi, everyone. This is Sterling Shea from Barron's Wealth and Asset Management Team. And I want to thank you for joining us uh, for a continuing series of live calls as part of our newsletter, The Way Forward. Uh, This week, we're going to have a conversation with a terrific advisor that I've had the pleasure and privilege of knowing for many years, Louise Gunderson, who is Managing Director, Private Wealth Management with UBS Wealth Management. Louise, hi. How are you? Hi, Sterling. I'm fine. And how are you? Good. It's good to hear your voice. Where where are you sequestering yourself for uh, this crisis? I'm sequestering myself in Southampton. I have the good fortune of having a home uh, out here. How's your work from home been going? Well, I, uh, you know, my first priority, of course, is the uh, family and the team and, and the clients. And interestingly enough, you know, we're all operating from our respective homes. And the good news, I, it's working. You know, I'm lucky to have a second place to come to. And uh, I'm with my daughter, who, as you know, is on my team. We've got five computers set up and so far no glitches. Wow, that's good. Louise, we've got a lot to talk about. One of the things in particular I'm eager to ask you about is this notion of how you're managing your your clients through all of this. Uh, you are someone who uh, I would uh, identify as a, a an acute behavioral coach, someone who's high EQ in the business, uh, matches a high IQ, and, and you've had that for a long time before it became fashionable in wealth management. What are you drawing on uh, in terms of your experience and your approach for managing clients' emotions and fears and anxiety during all of this? So, obviously, none of us have ever been through anything like this, you know, been through 74, 75, 1987, 2008. That's really a market downturn. This clearly is something very different, and no one could have really anticipated the depth and the scope of it. So I'm not sure we're able to have the ability to understand how that's going to affect us, you know, long term. But what I do know is what's important for us and for any financial advisor to have a process in place and make sure that you're communicating uh, with all of your clients and with your team. So we have a call set up every morning at seven, uh, at the seven of us at nine o'clock, and we outline the tasks related to the day, assignments for everybody. We reach out to the clients, different ones every day, see what their needs might be, and we sort through any of the personal and financial information that we think is necessary. And then at the end of the day, we do a a wrap-up, clearly, after market activity, because it changes every day, uh, and try to discuss the events of the day and set up for tomorrow. Yeah, you know, the market's come back a little bit, and uh, I think clients might feel a little relief from what they were seeing in their portfolios a few weeks ago, but we are not out of the woods in terms of the volatility. Uh, I think there's going to be more and more acute volatility to come. How do you put context and perspective on it for clients? Well, I think the thing for us is when we have a client and a meeting with a client, we go through typically what their needs are, cash flow, lifestyle, uh, 
risk tolerance. And so the good news for us is that everyone is set up with enough cash flow to protect themselves for a period of time. But as you said, every day is a different day in the market. And I, I don't want to be drawn in or sucked in with a couple of good days with 22 million you know, in unemployment. So I think the volatility is front and center. Um, financial people should make sure their portfolios are high quality and diversified because clearly there's nowhere to hide and we don't really know what the scope and the breadth is going to be going forward. I want to come back to talk a little bit more about uh, what you're doing with the portfolio in a few minutes. But tell us first, though, what are clients asking you about? You know, what are, what are the common questions? What are their concerns? Well, clearly they're saying, am I okay? Am I going to be okay? Uh, I kind of bring them back to, you know, diversification is really at front and center. And I try to bring them back to how we've tailored their portfolio to meet what their specific needs are. I mean, I think that's key. And then the type and the quality of the investment portfolio that they have. Again, cash flow and change of lifestyle becomes very, very important. And then communicating to them really uh, what the markets are doing and how that will affect them directly. What's the uh, advice you would give someone on how to how to approach those kind of difficult with clients? You probably have so much experience in that. Any any tricks of the trade when you know you have to have that kind of heart to heart discussion with with clients about cash flow and the reality of their lifestyle? Well, it's hard to tell somebody how to live their life, and I guess doing it for as long as I'm doing it with the same type of clients, I, I feel the direct approach is probably the better approach. And one of the things I said this morning to a client when we were talking about the rest of the year is, you're going to be doing things differently this year. You're not going to be taking that vacation. You're not going to be spending the money going to the stores, maybe buying just the basic clothes necessity. And and that's why some of the, the technology that's out there is doing so well, because that's where people, I think, are gravitating to make their lifestyle decisions a little bit easier. So it's feeling that they are somewhat insulated and protected for the time being, and that knowing that, you know, everything is going to go down and have some effect on it. And until we have more information, until there's a vaccine, or until we have you know, things happening in Washington that we can really have terms certain. They just have to be a little bit of patient. And mm. I think for us, you know, just the communication and the emails, I don't want to burden them. You know, our firm is, is being, you know, we're being inundated with all kinds of information to make sure that we're reaching all the clients. And so one of the things that I spend, you know, a good part of my day is reading what's out there and then transmitting it to the clients as a needed, you know, as, as, as appropriate or needed. Do you mean reading uh, information from your own firm? What, what other sources are you looking at? It's reading information from economists. It's reading information from portfolio managers that I deal with. It's our chief financial officer who's got information about what our firm is actually doing with the clients and how we can communicate. I've done, you know, a couple of webcasts for some of our overseas offices because they too have been affected and they're anxious to know what's America, you know, doing to, you know, to protect and preserve, 
you know, the client. So let's shift to the, the team because, uh, as you mentioned, you have to have a process. You're doing this 9 a.m. weekly or daily call with your team. Uh, what surprised you about working with your team and, and leading it in this kind of virtual format? You know, um, I've had some of my team members, some of them are in a, more than 10 years, some of them over 15 years. And of course, the pleasure of being working side by side with my daughter so we can run, you know, things by each other. But um, I think I think what's virtually and maybe it's not a surprise for me because I really believe in them and feel that they're so good, but it's working as seamlessly as possible. You know, we're very close and we can really tell what's on our mind. And they respect the fact that somebody's going to have a down day. And if that's the case, take a couple of hours off, regroup, and come back and share what you're feeling. I uh, Mm. sent everybody a little gift in the mail as a surprise, you know, so they got a little package. And I must admit, on Friday at 4.15, after the market wrap-up, we uh, all get our glasses and pour a glass of wine and toast to each other that we got through another week. I like the team happy hour concept. It seems <laughs> a lot of that going around. What You make it sound easy, though. What's the challenge been? What's the hardest part for you? The challenge, uh, some of the emotion that goes with it. I, I did have some clients that contracted uh, the COVID, and so I actually helped some get into a hospital that I'm pretty much involved in. So. Mm-hmm. I'm a little sad when I'm dealing with some of the personal issues uh, surrounding that. Uh, I'm sad that that we can't see them and be together. You know, our business is based on uh, lifestyle and communication and that face-to-face contact. Even with my team, you know, in the video chat that we have is really important. So I, I think the challenge is uh, being able to get to the heart of some of the issues that are surrounding their investment portfolio. Right now, it's more the the emotion portfolio, as I call it. Do you think that uh, the business of being a financial advisor is, is going to be irrevocably changed by this? Is it going to be a, a very different business when we come out, regardless of uh, a vaccine and what, what you know the new normal looks like? I'm going to answer that in two ways. It's going to be different the way we deliver our products and services. But I think we are going to be stronger because the financial uh, information we are still able to deliver Mm -hmm. and the communication and the closeness that the clients feel to us will will cement, um, you know, and make us stronger together. So I think the deliverable will be a little bit different. I mean, even if we have, you know, the meetings that we've held together, Sterling, you know, that, yeah. might, that might change. We don't know. Um, but I think for the kind of client that I deal with, the private client and having done it with them for so long is it's only going to make our relationship stronger. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, do you think that you're going to be seeing clients on a face-to-face basis, you know, by the end of the year? Are you planning to just communicate with them virtually for the foreseeable future? What does that look like in your mind? You know, I'm a touchy kind of person, so the in, the contact of one-on-one is very important to me. You know, I used to tease my, my uh, team, I'm out nine nights a week, not seven. Hmm. So I've missed that. 
uh, frankly, because it's a time, particularly after work, having a nice dinner with a client when people can open up and really you can get to the heart of a lot of things, not just a, a daily meeting. Um, so I, I think it is going to be different and it, it's going to depend on the outcome of, of, of what vaccine or what it's going to look like nine mm-hmm. months from now. I don't think anything is going to change, certainly through the summer. Um, but I think everyone's in the same boat together. And so as long as the communication is kept up uh, with with a client, I think that they'll be comfortable. Are you encountering any families that maybe felt they were underserved by uh, their current advisor and, and are looking to make a change in the midst of all this? Well, I, I, I don't want to sing anybody's praises, but we had, you know, several prospects uh, that we were working on, and we were fortunately able to close them in the last two weeks uh, mm-hmm. with some success. And I think that the clients are going to look for some longevity and some stability and experience. Uh, and and the fear that they have, if they were in the if they were in the market to look for a new financial advisor, I think what they're going to be looking for is now some some solid, long-standing experience. How do you prep for the? Uh the Zoom call client final. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm at a final, but, and I, I don't, you know, you know me, Sterling, I'm not the, the most uh, technological uh, expert of sorts, but but uh, we do have the Zoom, we have the one-on-one, then we talk about confidentiality, and we talk about, um, but we, we are able to really get across to them all of the points that they feel are appropriate. And we go back to risk reduction, lifestyle, cash flow, and we try to cement the things that we feel are very important to them, particularly at this period of time. Is there anything you're doing or thinking about in terms of kind of the long-term referral strategy during this period, maybe a little differently? I don't think that I'm looking at anything differently, but I I am talking to the referral sources, the lawyers and accountants, to make sure uh, that they know that, you know, that the, as you know, the taxes got delayed from April 15th. So that's given some of the accounting community a a little bit of a a breather, um, Mm -hmm. albeit that it may be a little bit more difficult with, again, the offline kind of work they have to do. Uh, But I'm, I'm reinforcing, you know, that we are doing business as usual. We are thinking about ways to communicate to clients differently. I am going to have some portfolio managers have uh, some uh, contact with some of the clients that I knew were interested in hearing more about stock stories than they are about allocation. So we're trying to be creative in ways that we keep, you know, investment ideas, you know, front and center. Yeah, let's get to some of that. those thoughts. As it relates to managing the money in, in this kind of environment, first of all, at a high level, where do you think we are in this, this turmoil? Well, as you know, all sectors of the market have been affected. There's nowhere to hide. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like there's a real good entry point anywhere. You know, they're in turmoil global markets, double-digit swings. So, again, it goes back to making sure you have high-quality managers, high-quality names, and, and you know, companies that have solid balance sheets. I don't think the risk of inflation is there, which, you know, before all this happened, I think we were all trying to figure out when inflation was going to start rearing its head. 
Um, but I do see opportunity in sectors uh, that will help us get through this. Yeah, what, what sectors? I like gold. Uh, we had gold in the portfolio before. We're adding, you know, a little bit more percentage-wise in gold and gold miners. I certainly like healthcare, so we're doing a lot of research around the names that are very much involved in this uh, and trying to figure out the next step. And I like technology uh, because I think that's going to change the way we do business. And at the at the core and at the forefront of that is is technology. Hmm. I also like emerging markets a bit because I think that has a potential to recover a little bit more quickly because they they are the it's certain sectors and geographies are a little bit ahead of us. One area that we've heard from a lot of advisors where they're putting particular attention is around the fixed income component of their portfolios and taking you know let's let's pare it all back and figure out what what do we do they're actually expanding their uh clients uh exposure to bonds but uh they're kind of you know rejiggering the entire fixed income portfolio are, are you doing that and, and what approaches are you taking regarding fixed income for your clients well we've always used fixed income and a and a diversified portfolio of different managers of fixed income, basically as a protection and preserving capital. But uh, as you probably know, interestingly enough, in the last few weeks, there was a dislocation in the bond market. Mm -hmm. There were over $12 billion in redemption, uh, you know, in mid-March. Yeah. So yields spiked and, oh boy, was it a challenge for liquidity. Um, Luckily, you know, our managers held their ground. But I also looked at this as a buying opportunity since it turned out to be a short-term event. And if we stick to the high quality, I think it really wasn't a fundamental change, but absolutely represented a little bit of an opportunity. So I think the same thing, keep in mind, you know, the credit, the quality and the liquidity, you know, when dealing with fixed income. Were there particular sectors that uh, in that opportunity that you were putting money into? The credit market specifically, and and there was uh, a little bit of foreign market that we tended to look for that we saw some opportunity. And for those who, you know, for the tax exempt status, our muni bond portfolio, we shortened the duration a bit. Uh, you know, to make sure that, uh, you know, it was protected. So that's how we looked at that. But we are going to take a pretty um, specific look at that because, you know, if this market continues with in such a volatile nature, I think fixed income is a place we want to make sure that the clients are protected. You mentioned a couple times uh, high quality outside third party managers that you're utilizing. Do you find yourself uh, in the midst of all this leveraging and, and partnering with asset managers in a different way? Are you tapping them, tapping into them for uh, insight or, or maybe research needs that maybe you weren't uh, doing in the same way before all this started? So we have a, a, a very specific process around active management. We're more active than passive, although mm-hmm. I, I might say we've used some passive strategies. And as you know, in the last uh, five or six years, active management has struggled a bit. So I think this is really the time when, when active management will re- be to everyone's advantage. We've scheduled two of our managers to have a webinar with their clients so that they can sign up and listen to what they feel their approach is. And we're trying to reach out to think about some alternative investments with people that have a long-term view, because right now we're not sure of the short-term view and how we can bring some capacity and sophistication 
you know, to the market for them. Alts is another area that we're putting a lot of focus on. We think there's still not enough exposure to alternative investments for the uh, the high net worth. Um, any corners of that market that are catching your eye more than others these days? Not specifically. Um, we use four or five of them that we tend to like a lot. But again, that's about capacity and long-term nature of the asset structure. Not, not about cash flow. And we want to make sure that they're highly qualified to be able to invest in them. They understand, you know, what they are. And, mm. and there is, some, again, some volatility. But I feel that'll be a space which will reap um, some rewards in the future because of, of what's going on today. Well, Louise, uh, you've given us a lot of insight, and uh, as always, you're uh, very forthcoming with what you're doing in your business. Um, Before we go, can I ask you, as you think about the next few months, uh, what are you telling your team in terms of areas, like what are the key priorities for your team uh, as you think about it for the next few months? Well, the priority for me is that they are all safe and sound, certainly and making sure that that they feel comfortable in the the deliverables that we have to make to the clients. I also want them to be a little bit more creative and find ways that we can help the clients think about things differently. So one of the areas we're going to spend a lot of time uh, in the next 10 days is looking at some estate planning issues because things have changed now in our world. And think about the IRA conversion ability to go to a Roth. Those are two things, I think, with this market downturn and volatility, which represents an area of opportunity for all financial advisors to, t- to take a look at their book of business. Well, I think we all need to innovate the strategy and, and get creative. Is there, you know, what's, what's the secret sauce to helping your team to, to come up with those creative ideas and uh, different approaches? Well, if you look at, let's say, what it was, I was mentioning, the GRAT, that's a financial planning tool so we can minimize taxes for the client and pass along money to, to the family. So especially in a down market, you have the ability to set up a GRAT and the future appreciation can pass out on outside. As far as the IRA conversion that I mentioned to you going to a Roth, it's taking advantage of lower entry points for the client to have you know, more long-term tax-free growth in the portfolio. And I, and I think one other thing um, is I think this represents an opportunity maybe to educate you know, the client base and, and the people and thinking about financial planning as a real important tool uh, as we go forward with this, with the uncertainty. I think financial planning is, is key. Well, you were, you know, you were big on that topic for the last few years. Uh, yeah. what, what's the what, what trick to, you know, getting them to think about it, that educational component? How do you approach those conversations to put it in a more important light for clients? The first question I always ask is, do you know how much you need to live on? Hmm. And how comfortable are you with what your lifestyle is? And have you thought about, you know, your legacy? Have you thought about your longevity? Have you thought about, you know, all of the things that are important for the future? This, you know, gives us an opportunity to really educate the client in all of those areas. And, and again, the, the planning aspect and solidify a relationship because you've actually approached them about it. Yeah, I think planning and an emphasis on planning is going to delineate those teams that are uh, 
capitalizing on the opportunity to deepen relationships versus those that aren't. It's not a stock picker's moment, let's put it that way, other than a few of the sectors. I think the planning aspect and the solidifying and the communication, those are all of the things uh, spelling for our community, our whole financial community becomes vital. Well, well said, Louise. Uh, you know, in traditional Barron's fashion, we're going to ask you for a, a final idea to offer to the advisors listening into this. Uh, do you have a, a high conviction idea or something that's made a difference for you since the beginning of the crisis that, that you'd want to pass along to them? Well, I sort of gave that away a little bit with my idea about the IRA conversion to Roths. I think everyone should take a look at their balances in their IRA accounts and see the age of the client and see, you know, what effect that might have uh, with the markets being down. And then going back to the estate planning again, you know, the GRAT is a, such a great vehicle for them to be able to, uh, you know, represent to the clients money that they can pass along to the families. Uh, who knows where the $22 million estate pass-through will happen in 2023. That might change. So if we can set up some things for the client ahead of time, it would be great. Focus on planning, focus on retirement accounts, consider grats, and be sure to have a weekly cocktail party with your team. Am I, oh. am I, am I summarizing that? You right summarize way? that well, particularly the cocktail. I'll think of you tonight in a toast. Thank you, Louise, for your input today, and thank you all for listening in on this episode of The Way Forward. Be sure to join this Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for our next live call, our sponsor call, with Garit Rowenhorst of U.S. Commodity Funds on lessons in 150 years of commodity investing. Be well and stay safe, everyone. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by ClearBridge Investments. Meet an evolving economy confidently with ClearBridge Active Equities the foundation of a resilient portfolio. ClearBridge, a Franklin Templeton company. Go to clearbridge.com to learn more.